listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we're dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you're listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. Amen. Turn in Revelation chapter 12. We're going to take a look here at a verse in a moment. And I wanted to encourage you today that names matter. In the Bible, you'll see that uh, from time to time, you know, names are carefully chosen uh, and, and there, there's a prophetic quality to names because when you, you call someone by name, you're, you're calling them you're, and you're calling forth the meaning of that name. And so when Charity and I were in mission school 20 years ago where we first met down in Arkansas, one of the Bible teachers was there and he shared this revelation and has stuck with us ever since that, that basically what your name means, they discovered, they saw this with their Bible college students, what your name means is basically what you'll fulfill when you're walking in the spirit with Christ. But then whatever your name means when you're walking by the flesh, your human strength and human wisdom and human knowledge, or when you're lost and not yet in Christ, you tend to live out the opposite qualities of what your name means. Amen. And so my name, Jay, could mean adventurous. I've done some studies on it. Adventurous is what some sources say. And other sources say that, that it means fervent, like the fervent prayer, you know, like intense and zealous and another source says gracious and so I just take all of it and then you know for for if if my name doesn't come from Jason but sometimes they associate Jay with Jason Um, Jay is my complete first name but basically Jason means healer so okay I'll take that I'll take all that hallelujah and I know the Lord's been doing a work in my life just to press in further in that area Um, but uh, um, and so basically uh, when I'm living in Christ I tend to manifest that and when I'm not I don't and so Charity's first name Charity love her middle name Sue pure my middle name Warren sheltering friend so you don't want to be around me when I'm in the flesh but when I'm walking in the spirit sheltering friend yeah Randolph confident counselor hallelujah so what does your name mean that's your homework assignment Go, go do some digging. Find out what is your first name, your middle name, your last name. What does that mean? Because names have consequence. And so as parents, we prayed and asked God, you know, Lord, what do you want to call? What do you want us as parents to call these children that you're blessing us with? Because these names have consequence. There's prophetic calling forth of qualities for the rest of their life with those names. Amen? And so this church used to be Perryville Family Church. And then you pass through some seasons and the Lord said, it's time for a new name. I want to call something else prophetically out of you, through you, from heaven into the earth by you. Amen. And so he gave you the name Overcomers Church International. How many people came here since the name had changed and it was already Overcomers Church International? Amen. How many people were here back when it was Perryville Family? Yeah. Amen. So we got about 50-50 roughly somewhere in there. Yeah, amen. So there's a, there's a different calling forth now. And so there's a revelation from heaven. And so I wanted just to take a moment as I was praying for what the Lord wanted to share with you today. I felt like the Lord wanted to remind you, especially corporately as a whole, but, but in that also think of yourself individually because it's always important. But we as Americans sometimes think of ourselves individually too much. So most of what I want to share is just as a corporate whole is that, that you are overcomers church. 
international. Names have consequence. There's a prophetic calling that as you call yourselves and as you identify with who he's called you to be and and who he's identifying you to be on the earth, that you are part of a greater church in the earth, but yet your assignment still is unique. Your flavor is unique, and there's something special here, but that you share with others, but then others are looking for what you have here. And so you are overcomers, church international. So turn to your neighbor and say, you are an overcomer. And I am too. Amen. So overcomers, what do overcomers do? Will they overcome? Our flesh doesn't like to see things coming. Our flesh wants to hide in comfort. But I praise God the Holy Spirit is our comforter because we need comfort on the earth as we're overcoming. Because there's a process of overcoming. And so let's take a look here at Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 for the first verse that we're going to look at today, the first scripture. And we're going to kind of jump in. And so all of these scriptures, um, there's a greater context. And so I encourage you to go back and read the rest of that chapter. But just for sake of time, we're going to focus in on on the the laser points that the Lord wanted to remind you of today. So they, and so in this context, they is us, the believers, us, Overcomers Church International. We overcame him, the devil, You can look it up in verse 12 there, or the accuser of the brethren. You know, when you hear those little voices in your head and in your ears saying, you know, uh, slander and accusation and stuff like that. It's important to learn the difference between condemnation and conviction. Because if you can't tell the difference between condemnation and conviction, when that little voice rises in your heart, you don't know if it's the Holy Spirit asking you to deal with something or if it's the devil trying to slime you and say that you're unfit for use. Because condemnation, when a building's condemned, you're saying by the government authorities, this building, this structure is unfit for use. And so that's what the devil wants to say to each and every one of you because he does not want you released into your call, released into your identity, released into your destiny because you are a threat. Every morning you wake up, hell shakes if you start to get a hold of who you are in Christ and begin to step out against him. Amen. And so you need to know who you are. And so corporately as a body, we need to know who we are. We're overcomers. And so the difference, so real quick, you're getting some pulling, you're getting some extra stuff. Condemnation is vague. And if you try to do something about it, it just kind of grows and it moves on you. Okay. Cause the enemy just wants you slimed and stymied and stopped. However, conviction is specific. Holy Spirit will show you exactly what he was wanting to deal with. You can turn from it, get cleansed by the blood, and go on. Amen? And so you don't get stuck. And so conviction is specific, and there's a, a hope. And as you repent and turn back to the Lord, there's there, the, you go on. Whereas condemnation just wants to get you stuck and mired down. And so you can repent, but then there's something else. And you can, you know, and so that's a... And so, so somebody's dealing with condemnation here today. And go back and look at Revela- or, uh, Romans chapter 8. The Lord wants to set you free, okay? Amen. You are fit for use because his blood made you fit for use. God hasn't had anybody qualified working for him yet. He takes broken pots and flows living water through us. 
Amen. And the more we get healed, the more we get whole, okay, we can let more water flow, flow through us. But, you know, there's something about Gethsemane, the, the, the wine press, the, 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 the crushing place where, you know, that, that humility and just it's the Lord that flows through us. So Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says, They, or we, overcomers church, international, we overcome him, the devil, the demons, and all of his works by the blood of the Lamb. Have you thought much about the blood lately? Oh, I encourage you. If you have, praise God. If you haven't, man, just go meditate on the blood of Jesus, what that did for us, what life was released for us, what cleansing was released for us. If you go back a few pages to chapter 1, verse 5, here in the same book of Revelation, it says, breaking into verse 5, To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. We don't need a bloodless Christianity because that's religion. We need to recognize that the blood of Jesus washed us clean. And when we make much of the blood, then his power gets released in our midst. His glory gets released in our midst. When we remember the blood, we honor the covenant. And it's so important because we're overcomers. And so we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. This is the first ingredient in our overcoming. It's what he did. It's his sacrifice. Man, this summer the Lord started dealing with me in my heart, and I started to pray in a different way because for so long, so many of the people I've listened to, it's, it's Jesus' death. It's Jesus' burial. It's Jesus' resurrection. It's Jesus' death. It's Jesus' burial. It's Jesus' resurrection. Yes, it is. It's also his ascension. It's also his seated at the right hand of God the Father. When Jesus died, I died. When he was crucified, I was crucified. He identified with me by becoming a man, and so now I can identify with him by coming into him. And, and, and so not only did I die when he died, but also I was crucified when he was crucified, but I was buried when he was buried. And that's what water baptism is all about, so that we recognize that, get that revelation and act on it and release the power of it. And so not only did he die, but we were buried, but then we were resurrected three days later. When he resurrected, we resurrected. Amen? And so we're alive, but it didn't stop there. And for so long, I hadn't thought about this, and so I just submit this to you. Then after 40 days, he ascended. He went to heaven presented his blood in the holy of holies the holiest place of all in heaven and then he sat down because his work was finished amen he sat down and then he said okay now you all of you believers you are seated in christ and so some of us we haven't been looking at life from that perspective because it says that the devil and all of his stuff is under our feet and when we're seated enthroned in christ that's true and so we need to in our minds and in our hearts, look at the challenges, the situations, the things on this earth realm that we're in the process of overcoming, but in the spirit realm is already overcome. We need to remind ourselves that, you know what? I'm sat down in Christ, and that stuff is under my feet, and I need to look at it from that perspective, and then it won't seem so big and so strong and so mighty, but instead God and what he's done and his promises in his word that are rock solid that you can stand on and you can believe 
believe, that will become bigger and stronger, and it will help you remember that I am an overcomer, part of the church international here in Perryville. Amen. Because, see, God knew you are going to have to overcome some stuff, and there's some rewards for overcomers, but you don't get it by not overcoming And so when trials and tribulations and challenges, and whether it's in your finances, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in your health and healing, stuff comes at you on this earth realm. And Jesus said it would. Maybe it's persecutions. Maybe it's afflictions trying to steal the word of God out of your heart. You can rejoice like James 1 says. Oh, great. Another giant. Breakfast is served. Oh, great, another challenge. My faith is being purified, and it's going to come forth as gold. Oh, man, because you get stuff when you go through stuff that you can't get other ways in God. There's revelation. There's intimacy with God. I just passed through two weeks of hell at the beginning of September. Two weeks of poison ivy. First showed up on my face, and I must have went to the bathroom. And so it lit across the middle parts, and man, I was miserable for two weeks. And in that suffering, I just pressed into God. I listened to a ton of healing stuff. Still ended up having to go to the doctor, get me a shot, and had some pills for nine days. And praise God, I'm free. But man, said devil, you're going to pay. You're going to pay. So I got 18 more, 15 more hours worth of revelation and healing and stuff. Mm. Hallelujah, because that's the area the Lord's having me push into. So, okay, I'm not satisfied where I've been. I want to go on. And so there's a price to be paid. Not Jesus didn't pay the price. No, but my flesh had to get out the way. There's a price. That's the price. Flesh out the way price, not to earn it from God. He did that. No, you don't have to earn it. And so what's he doing in your life? Is it a revelation in the area of provision? You need to know him more as a provider. Press in. Overcome. Because in Christ, you overcome debt. In Christ, you overcome lack. In Christ, you overcome poverty. Because he is El Shaddai, not El Chipo. He's more than enough, not just enough. But there's steps and stages in our manifestation of the overcoming life. And so there's brothers and sisters in this body that have a step or two or three ahead of you in that area. He's having you work on overcoming, having you renew your mind to the promises of God, having you come into a greater intimacy with the Lord. Hook up with some of those, uh, uh, make friends with some of those, have conversations with some of those brothers and sisters and hear their testimony, hear their story of how God brought them out of where they used to be to where they are. And some of you look at some of them, and you're like, they didn't used to be. Oh, there's no way they could have been back there. Ron back there? No, no. Ron, he walks on water. <laughs> Pastor Kent, he used to wear diapers. Yeah, ask Katie. He used to wear diapers, and he would poop in them. <laughs> but he grew up, and so will you as you go on in the Lord and in the Word and in his presence and in the Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I am an overcomer, and I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Testimonies. What has God done for you? What has the blood of Jesus accomplished in you? What has the word of God done in your life? How are you different from who you used to be? 
And the beautiful thing is your testimony will just be added to day by day and week by week and month by month. And I encourage you to practice taking little slices and slivers of your testimony and sharing it with people around you. One of my favorite ways to make new friends is to ask them about, hey, tell me your God story. Tell me how was it that God became real in your life? How old were you? What was happening in your life? I love to hear the God stories. You know, and maybe you have a God story about this aspect where Jesus delivered you. You recognize there was some demonic oppression in your life, and he brought you through a process of breaking free. Maybe it involved others. Maybe it involved the word. Maybe it involved power. Maybe it involved truth. Somehow in there, but what was your story of getting free and staying free? Tell your story to somebody else. Somebody needs to hear your story. And that's part of how we overcome is sharing testimonies, testifying what Jesus did, testifying what the word says, testifying how that word was made flesh in your life. Because that's part of how we bridge the gap between people whom we think are super dupers and, and, and just every day. Is like, no, just tell the stories. And it, it just encourages people. And the beautiful thing Bill Johnson says is when you tell your testimony, the testimony has built into it the potential for multiplication. And so when you tell your God story, your testimony, if you will, then someone out there who has the same situation was facing the same trial that you got over through Christ now has power and encouragement released to them to have that testimony too, that I was in it and God brought me out of it. Now I'm on solid ground. Amen. I'm an overcomer. I'm part of Overcomers Church. Would you rather be here than, you know, some other? I'm, I'm part of the Underminers Church. No. I'm part of First Church of Defeated. No. And I'm not criticizing anyone. I'm just trying to make up names that you might. And, and, and you know, where you are now isn't where you're going to stay unless you choose to. You know, he's the Lord, our good shepherd, Psalm 23. And so if you find yourself in the valley of the shadow of death, fine, keep walking. Don't camp, don't make your house there, just keep walking. This too shall pass. Amen? It will pass. Keep pressing in. So you're in a good body, overcomers. You're surrounded by overcomers, those who have overcome, those who are in the process of overcoming, those who will overcome, and so you can encourage each other. I'd rather be in a company of giant killers than folks that are just shaking in their boots doing nothing. Amen? Hallelujah. Kingdom advancers. They overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. I'm a dead man. Hallelujah. When Christ died, I died. You're dead and you just don't know it yet. Read Romans 6.11. said, consider yourselves dead to sin and alive unto God. So you're alive too. Praise God. Some of you are holding your breath like, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. So you're dead and you're alive at the same time. Isn't it great that all these paradoxes as Christians, you know, these, these seemingly incompatible truths taking place at the same time. So that's, you can't make Jesus a systematic theology. Systematic theology helps us understand the depth and breadth and height a bit. But, you know, he's a person, not a theology. Amen? And so we can experience him. We can communicate with him. We can hear from him. We can be changed by him from the inside out. And his word does so much of that. Hallelujah. So that's Re Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. Overcomers 
overcomers. And so don't be afraid when something comes your way and you get a chance to express the glory of God as overcomer in your individual life, in your household, in this church. Because God wants his kingdom advanced on the earth. And so consider it a compliment. One, that God entrusts you, that Jesus in you is greater than that thing in the world coming at you. That thing that the enemy is, is, is through his arrow, flaming arrow coming at you. Jesus knows that you're going to be still standing in faith. You, he, Jesus knows that you're all, you have the power in you to overcome. Amen. Nothing has seized you temptation-wise except that which is common to man. And he has already provided a way of escape. Just, you know, one of the most powerful prayers you can pray when you get to the end of yourself, which is a great place to be, by the way. Just not real fun um, at the moment. But you just look up and you just say, help! Because he answers. Yeah, I prayed that lately. (laughs) Did you hear me? Uh, Anyway, I was down the hall. Yeah. Help, help. And so if I don't want to go camping with you, you'll understand. If I'm not into walking through the trails, you'll understand. (laughs) Uh, Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the forest. (laughs) Jesus is above every name, including poison ivy. And they love not their lives unto the death. So you know what? What's the worst thing that could happen through this affliction? What's the worst thing that could happen through this persecution? Boom, I get to go to heaven? That ain't so bad. Okay, boom, death, where is your sting? Now, don't go and have a death wish and open up yourself to a spirit of suicide or death. I'm not talking about that. That's, no. But what I'm saying is don't be afraid and say, you know what, if, if it costs me. I mean, Hebrews 11, the hall of fame. The, the Hall of Fame of Saints is full of, you know, in the first half, they, they got what the, they were promised on earth. The second half, they went to heaven first. Got sawn in two, stuff like that. But, man, reward. Reward. There, man, there's more martyrs on the earth today than ever before in other countries. But reward? Reward? Hmm. And so whatever happens in this election, and I pray that you vote and vote biblically. And if you don't know about that, ask Pastor Kent. He'll help you. Because as believers, we want to fulfill our role as citizens on the earth. But my citizenship on the earth is secondary to my citizenship in heaven. So whoever gets into the government, praise God. I can look at the book of Acts, and they had some real nasty emperors that they were living under. And the kingdom of God advanced greatly. And so either way, the kingdom of God is going to advance greatly on the earth. And so I'm all for guns and Second Amendment, but man, don't just hole yourself up in your house with a bunch of food and shoot your neighbors going to hell when they're hungry, knocking on your door or busting down your window. Let them eat your food, you know, but protect your family. Okay. Wow. This is really interesting how this is coming out. Amen. (laughs) All right, so 
Um, I wanted to encourage you, um, Revelation chapters 1 through 5 is five chapters that if you're going to be part of this church, if God has called you to be part of this church, if you're going to prosper as part of this congregation and this local fellowship, I would encourage you to spend some time meditating. That means really pondering and thinking and slowly walking through the garden of Revelations chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. I did not talk to Aubrey this morning before the worship set. And so when she was doing the worship set, I was, oh, thank you, Jesus. I got the right scriptures for the day. Hallelujah. Because we were singing and talking about some of those scriptures right in there. And you'll have to go back and read and see. But the reason I say that is because that's the greatest concentration in the New Testament in just two chapters, chapter 2 and 3, of the word overcome. Each church that Jesus was speaking to, the resurrected, ascended, seated Christ was speaking to. He was saying, to him who overcomes, to she who overcomes. And in each local setting, he had a word of encouragement or a word of challenge, a call to repentance, but a promise, depending on what the situation was. And so in different seasons of our life, different ones of those are going to speak to us. And the Lord says, to him who overcomes, to she who overcomes, and so you, as long as you're on the earth until Jesus returns or you go to be with him, overcoming is part of your lifestyle. And so you might as well just get some holy indignation once in a while. You might as well just get some righteous anger once in a while. You've listened to Andrew Womack's set on anger management yet, haven't you? Where he talks about one of the interpretations of Ephesians is, is that don't let the sun go down on your anger. So yes, if you're married, don't go to bed mad. That's one. But the one I'm talking about is the other side where he says, as far as the devil's concerned, don't let your anger go to sleep. Because you were here to destroy the works of the devil. That's your purpose on the earth. Jesus in 1 John talks about, you know, say, my purpose is to destroy the works of the devil. So when you wake up in the morning, you're going to say, Lord, what works of the devil do you and I get to co-labor to destroy today? Hallelujah. And when you come into contact with works of the devil, guess what? You get to unleash heaven's destructive power against darkness, against sickness, against poverty, against lack, against anything that was from the curse that you've been redeemed from, against anything that the devil's trying to keep on the earth because God's kingdom is taking over and you're part of the occupation force. He said, occupy until I come. So it's one, do business, kingdom business for your father because you're in father and sons and daughters incorporated. And so you're expanding the kingdom business on the earth. But see, it's also occupy like an occupied land in an arm you know the nazis occupied france in world war ii and so we we're not nazis but we're the occupying soldiers on earth right now from heaven so you're an ambassador but you're also an occupation force amen so occupy until he comes so in order to occupy effectively i'd encourage you to take a look at revelation chapter one through five and then 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, let's go there real quick, and we'll finish this segment of overcomers. 1 John 5, 1 through 5. It says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Anybody like that in here? Anybody believe that? Yeah. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. I got a new daddy. 
And everyone who loves the Father loves the one born of the Father. So that would be our brothers and sisters in Christ and, of course, our Lord Jesus himself. Verse 2, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. And so, you know, I know we're heavy on grace around here and we should be, but don't be afraid of this. Keep his commandments. It just means translate, walk in truth, live the word, okay? How do we express our love for God? We do what he says. That's how he wants us to express our love for him. When you're a parent and you tell your child to do something, say, hey, take out the trash, mow the lawn, whatever, you know, when they say, yes, dad, yes, mom, and they do what you say, man, that's an expression of love. Amen? Right, teenagers? Yes, dad, yes, mom. Okay. So when we love God and keep his commandments, verse 3, for this is the love of God that we, or this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Says, so you know what? He wrote the, you know, this is basic instructions before leaving earth. This is the owner's manual. He made us and told us how to live. So he knows best. And so when we conform our life to his word, then things work better. And his commandments are not burdensome. Why? Because we're born again. We have a brand new nature. So the righteous one inside us, the holy one inside us, the brand new spirit inside us that's Jesus wants to live through us. It's not burdensome when we yield to him. Uh, His commandments are not burdensome. Verse 4, for whoever is born of God, okay, overcomers church, overcomes the world. Hallelujah. That's the world system under the enemy. Because Jesus loves the world as far as all the people are concerned, and he wants them to be born again. But as far as the world and its system that's against God, overcomes the world. And the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. Amen? Faith. Faith. Who is it that overcomes the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Man, it starts there and it all springs out of there. You could look at Calvary and his death, burial, and resurrection and his, his ascension and his seating and, and for the rest of your life still just milk that for all it's worth. I mean, Derek Prince, one of the Bible teachers that really rocked my world and helped me get on track as a younger man, he had like, you know, this set that was seven parts and each part was like six messages an hour long just on the fullness of the cross. Anybody ever listen to that one? Man, they condensed it into a book called Bought with Blood. You ought to pick it up. But man, it's just the fullness of salvation. And all that salvation includes all that Jesus bought. And when you know what he bought for you, then you can manifest the glory as being a more than conqueror in Christ Jesus. Because as an overcomer, I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. What does it mean to be more than a conqueror? He conquered, and then because he conquered, I get all the spoils. Because he won, kicked the devil's butt, and plundered heaven, I get all the goodies that he deserved but that I get by grace through faith entering in to the promises of God. Make your brain go tilt. That's the goodness of God the Father. He's so generous. And so uh, we are his children, and it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Amen. So overcomers, church, international, church. Now Jesus only used this word church twice. And so let's turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 16, and we'll look at the first one. We'll look at the first one, Matthew chapter 16. And Peter, before he went and listened to the devil real quick, 
he was listening to God the Father, and Jesus was saying to the disciples, you know, all, all the, these other people, they're, they, they, who do they think we are, or I am? And, and so the disciples said, you know, they say that you're this person, that person, the other. But Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And he says that to each and every one of us. You know, just as he says that to Peter, he says that to me and you. He says, but who do you say that I am? And we say, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him and us, blessed are you, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. How did you get born again? You believed that God the Father, from your heart, raised Jesus from the dead And you believed it so much that it overflowed out of your mouth and you said, Jesus is Lord. And boom, something took place on the inside and there was a birth, there was a regeneration, there was a new spirit. Your dead old sin spirit got removed and a brand new alive Christ spirit moved in. And so you came alive in Christ and it was through that confession. And it says, verse 18, and I tell you, Jesus to his church, that you are Peter, and on this rock, this rock of your confession of who I am and what I've done, I will build my church, my called out ones, my ecclesia, the ones who are called out to rule and to reign with me, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, this verse meant something different to me before I came into the spirit-filled lifestyle because, you know, basically growing up, when I grew up, you know, uh, the church I grew up in was more of a mainline denomination church, the kind that doesn't really use the Bible a whole lot. And then uh, as, as I was in college, I made a radical change and I shifted from that church to a church that was another mainline denomination, but they used the Bible a whole lot. And so I grew But I still wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, flowing in power, all that kind of stuff. And and so that verse sounded to me like, okay, all of us on the defense, all of us hiding in the fortress of Jesus Christ, hell that's pushing against us, hell that's on the offense, hell that's coming after us, won't be able to break through the doors until Jesus gets back because we're hanging on. But that's not what that verse says. But that's how I saw it because until the Holy Spirit unveiled my eyes to see into the spirit realm and to really connect with him as to the one who wrote the book to tell me what he meant when he wrote it, I was in darkness to a certain degree. And so then I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and I began to speak in tongues, not right away because I got stuck for four months, but her mom had to unstick me because it was gonna have to, I was going to have to pray in tongues before I could marry her and boy, I was going to marry her. So we got married and I got prayed in tongues and so it was good. But basically the, the veil came off my eyes, the scales fell off my eyes and I could see that this scripture is different than what I used to think because see, in, when I was growing up, we would go away to retreats. But then I got filled with the Holy Spirit in our church. We went away to advances, you know? And and so I realized that gates don't move. Gates are defense. Hell's on defense. We're on offense. We're the ones taking ground. We're the ones advancing. We're the ones taking new territory. We're the ones seeing the kingdom of God advance and spread. And so in this next new year, as you realize that you are Overcomers Church International, international, there's some new territory in your individual lives, in your individual houses, and for this church as a whole that God wants you to take. 
But you're going to have to remember who you are and not shrink back when the battle happens, realizing Jesus won the war, but he's given you weapons that are powerful, weapons that aren't carnal, but weapons that are powerful and effective in Christ. And as you exercise those weapons rather than flesh weapons and flesh wisdom, you're going to take ground and you're going to advance and you're going to see new territory for the kingdom of God come into the realm of influence for this church. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time for some new territory. Because we're overcomers. Hell's on defense. We're on offense. Every time you worship, you're on offense. Every time the word is preached, you're on offense. Every time you love your neighbor, you're on offense. Every time you serve that widow, you're on offense. Every time you share the gospel, you're on offense. Every time you work through that, that, that prickly relationship inside and outside the church, you're on offense rather than being offended. You're on offense for God. Amen? And so in that respect, it's good to be offensive Think Patrick Mahomes. I'm offensive. Amen? Now, I used to make fun of the chefs, I mean the chiefs, because when we first got married, we moved to Denver, Colorado, and we became Broncos fans, because I grew up in Michigan, and they're nothing to cheer about for the Lions for so long. And so we got there, and John Elway was leading them to Super Bowl number two, and so I think I'm going to convert. And so we adopted the Denver Broncos, and I married a woman from Kansas City. And so for a long time, you know, it's just, you know, in-law relationships in the AFC West. <laughs> so they called me the donkey fan, and I call them the chefs, you know. Anyway, so we have a little fun. But, man, let me tell you, when we were in Brazil and the, you know, I, the Broncos, it hadn't been good for a while. So it's like, okay, let's go AFC West. And so I was rooting for the Chiefs, and so we're riding around in, you know, Marcelo and Sandra's bus, and we're on our phones getting updates during the Super Bowl on we're in-between ministry stuff, you know, and it's like, okay, you know, and it was awesome just to see part of it, too, just from what God's doing, because who, who heard the prophecy that there's good stuff happening after the Chiefs win the Super Bowl? Well, hey, we're in it now. They won the Super Bowl. Hallelujah. Who wants to go to the send as soon as they open the stadium? Hey, we need, yeah, all right, and so, you know, I'm in the right place because this is Overcomers Church International. We may be living in Perryville, but we're going to the nations. And what we do here affects the nations in our worship, in our word, in our media outreach, and the missionaries that are going to be raised up from this church and go forth in the money and the prayer that's coming forth from this church to support those that are out there for the short-term teams like the one we were part of going and visiting our missionaries and then bringing the fire and the nations and the flavor and the culture of God from there back here to enrich us. These aren't just pictures on the wall, these are flags, and they represent people. They represent ethnic groups within these different nations. And so, you know, when you pray and you point and you pray or the Holy Spirit highlights one of them, he's talking to you. But yeah, but I live in this comparatively small place. I mean, St. Louis is so much bigger way up north, and we're here in Perryville and the surrounding areas. God loves to take the foolish things in the world's eyes and confound the wise. And so just say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a confounder of the wise. God takes my life and I confound the wise. Amen? Hallelujah. 
Because, you know, some of the prophecies I've heard about the end time revival is that God's going to go to the out of the way small places and it's gonna, he's going to move big time. And so I'm grateful that I get to pastor in a small town surrounded by cornfields. We're one of those places. Hallelujah. Then you are too. God bless Perryville. Hallelujah. And he has. He put you here. Overcomers Church International. So we're looking at church. Church. And so he says that, that, that the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So as you get in that momentum of overcoming in your life and you are taking ground, hell can't stand against you. And especially as you're united as a church family. Turn two pages over to Matthew 18, and we're going to see the next time Jesus uses the word church. In verses 15 through 20, you'll have to go back and read it, but basically that's, you know, the church discipline thing. Um, When someone, you know, harms you or hurts you or sins against you, you to go to them and talk with them, and if, you know, it's a sin thing, and they, they just are like stiff-arming you, then, okay, you go and you get one or two people that are respected in the congregation that maybe is a friend connected to that person, and you try again, you know, and if they're still like, no, yo, whatever, and they're just hard-hearted and refusing to repent, and it's a legitimate sin issue, and so then you got to tell it to the church, that's the other use of the word. And so then the church together is like, and so sometimes it's really important. I know that this isn't popular, and uh, I'll just drop this bomb and let Pastor Kent clean it up. But church discipline is important. Now, we're not to be tyrants. We're not to be harsh. But there's three main areas where you just can't let fester. One of them is unrepentant, continual sexual immorality. I'm not talking about the person that, you know, they're, they're not married, but they're living together and they're coming to church to check out Jesus. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about people coming up into the core and the leadership. We want people to come from where they are towards the Lord and encourage that movement. But there comes a point where we're, we're not going to be able to put them in leadership or have them teaching the kids or leading or serving in part of the course. Like we're going to have to talk about this because, see, Satan is robbing you when you're on his territory. And God doesn't want you to be robbed blind. And so sexual sin hurts you, but then it also opens up a gate for the devil into the body to bring darkness and to to hinder the flow of the spirit and stuff like that. And so persistent sexual sin, you got to deal with it somewhere in there, okay? I don't know anybody's story. And so nobody sweat it and nobody run out the door. So I don't know what's happening at your house. I'm just saying, you know, this today's society, our world. And so as pastors, as church leaders, out of love and out of truth and out of responsibility for the well-being of the body, that's one area where we'll need to address. And we want to do it with love and grace because the goal is freedom, not condemnation. The goal is freedom and restoration. And so you can enter into the fullness God has for you. Because how many people would recommend marriage? I mean, I recommend marriage. You want to have sex? Get married. You know, teenagers, you want to have sex? God made you have sex. The devil would, boy, I'm really, hope cover your kids here, but it's, <laughs> devil wants you to think he's the sex expert. He's not. He's never had it, can't. 
but he twists and perverts the beautiful, awesome things God gives us. But God says this is beautiful and awesome and wonderful and powerful within these boundaries. And in these boundaries, have at it. Pray. The presence of God in your bedroom. But no, we read Song of Song on our honeymoon night and said, we want this area blessed. I'll tell you, it's blessed. Meet our kids. But basically, no. God's best is waiting for you, and there's hindrances to it called sin. God wants to free you from that so you can enter into his best. So sexual immorality. Another one here is false doctrine. False doctrine. It needs to be confronted. And so you got somebody spreading stuff that isn't quite right, and the pastors and the leaders of the body need to address it. And so church discipline comes into that effect, you know, so that that way the body's not undermined and divided by false doctrine, okay? We are lovers of the truth, and Holy Spirit leads us into truth. I wonder if Kent will have his back again. Some of these topics that are coming out. Anyway, <laughs> I love it when the Holy Spirit leads you in the message. You have no idea where you're going. And so this third one is um, someone who's strife or just persistent uncooperativeness with the, the body's leadership. You know, they just are, are just hard-headed and they just refuse to, to flow with the body. You know, that's another one. So it's strife. So those three, um, church discipline is important because there's a unity in the body. There's a flow. We can go places like we went today when those things aren't functioning and flowing. But when those things are functioning and flowing in our body, we're going to be hindered from regularly going to places and beyond, remember, new territory than where we went today. Amen? Hallelujah. Overcomers, church, international. International. So pray. Go get you a passport. Some of you don't have a passport yet. Who, me? Passport? Yeah, you. Passport. And then you have it, and if the Lord says, I want you on that mission trip, but I'm too young, no. I'm too old, no. If the Lord says, it'll be good. And you can go, and you'll have a good time, and he'll use you, and then you'll come back, and you'll be an even bigger blessing to the local community after you've experienced because this world is huge, but it's also small. And it's amazing how as you build relationships in the body of Christ in different places, it's a huge world, but it's also really small when the kingdom is living big in you. And so just be ready because, see, the Great Commission went out to the whole body of Christ, not just some of the willing folks. He may not call you right away. It may be a while. You'll have to shake in your boots because, you know, I... I Maybe you prayed like I did um, back when I first started to realize that the body of Christ is international and the Great Commission is for every believer. I said, Lord, please send me anywhere except the 1040 window. I really don't want to go to the unreached peoples because it's dangerous. So when I was in mission school meeting my wife before I knew that was happening, he said, okay, Jay, out of the three trips, India, Romania, and China, you're going to China to smuggle Bibles. And guess what? I wanted to. By then, my heart had changed, you know. But earlier, I was afraid. And so I said, Lord, don't never, ever send me. And so when you pray never, watch out. She said, God, I never want to be a pastor's wife. 
So the Lord, it's all, okay, so, so sometimes our flesh wars against what our spirit knows God's calling us to. We just aren't in that season yet, so let the preparation continue. But when you get to the edge of that season, you'll be prepared, and it won't be a big deal. So I smuggled Bibles into China, and it was awesome. That's another story for another day. Yeah, so anyways, and so I didn't want to be a pastor either. I just wanted to be a traveling teacher, missionary, that was something. But then five years ago, six years ago, he said, pastor i love it it's awesome all the different things he put in me now have a place to come out and it's beautiful because i can do the teaching and we can still travel hey we're here and 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 you know we went to brazil but uh but then also just the pastoring be able to raise up a group of leaders with our heart around us and be able to to just pour everything that god poured into us as we were doing traveling stuff beforehand and writing stuff beforehand be able to pour that into some others and see them raise up it's awesome international pray for some of those other countries in worship you know if ask god to lord which flag do you want me to pray for today you know and find out what these different flags countries are you know i mean get to the point so that you know which one's which you know so okay that's japan you know that's mexico great britain over there i think that one's turkey right over here. yeah brazil green with the and so go and stand under them pray for them maybe god will send you maybe not but pray for them because we're a house of prayer for all nations and so part of being a new testament church full-on overcomers church international is recognizing that what's on his heart gets in your heart because you give him your heart and then he fills it with what's in his and so i'm a house of prayer for all nations and so this is overcomers church international and the beautiful thing is is the more you pour yourself out to the nations the more effective he makes you right here where you are and so right here in perryville and missouri is actually going to prosper more greatly in the kingdom as you pour yourself out on behalf of the nations in prayer and in giving you know i know this church supports some different missionaries and that's a great start but i want to encourage you every household you ought to have a missionary or two that you give offerings to. Tithes come here, and together through the tithes and offerings that come through here go out to different missions that corporately we, we, we are ministering to and, and supporting. But there may be some parts of your vision that aren't totally expressed in this local body. And so maybe you want to support those orphans in India, but the church doesn't. And so you do it from your house. You do it from your own paycheck and you send it to them. Maybe, maybe human trafficking is on your heart and there's a specific ministry that addresses that issue. And maybe that's not in Pastor Kent's heart yet. Maybe it is. I don't know. I haven't talked to them. I'm just throwing out examples. And so if whatever that ministry is, you know, or that missionary is, if it's on your heart, you know, maybe it's for you to do directly and not just the corporate body to do. But then the corporate body, those that are ministries and missionaries out of this, get to know them. Get on their newsletter list. Find out what's going on and pray for them as well. Because this is Overcomers Church International. And so I just wanted to remind you of that because names matter. Names have consequence. You're prophetically calling who you are and who he's calling you to manifest Christ on the earth 
when he said that this is to be Overcomers Church International. So some of you did not know what you were getting into when God called you here. And, and it's okay. You know, I've found out that normally the way God works is he'll tell you something, and then you say yes, and then he spends the next period of time explaining what he meant. Because if you knew that, you wouldn't have said yes so easily. Amen. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we're making a difference, visit ociperryville.com.